Welcome to the Keystone Collective Podcast. Whether you're a dedicated athlete or simply curious about life's boundless potential, this is your destination right here. Every episode, we're here to break down limiting beliefs and empower your journey towards becoming the best version of you. Let's get going. Kaylee. Lewis. I'm so glad. I'm so glad uh, that you're here. It's been it's been so long. I know. It's crazy how time has flown by. It's not. Well, why don't you start okay. with a bit of an introduction? Who are you? And and <laughs> how did our how did our paths cross? That is a loaded question. Well, I'm Kaylee Contreras. Um I am an avid reader, Formula One fan, and insurance broker. So exciting personal life, boring career life. No. Um, That's so far from the truth. It's not boring. (laughs) It's not boring at all. And our paths crossed when we worked together for the same company. And, you know, in the trenches studying for our level one license together. That's true. And, you know, I was just thinking... um before this afternoon um i'm pretty sure i'm pretty certain correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure i was the one that even got you into formula one yes you yeah. are and yeah, you're okay. the reason that i'm a max Verstappen fan too <laughs> which drives my husband crazy you know what yes. i think we still have to talk about that we still have to talk about that because <laughs> I, I see all the time you're you're, you're max fan mm-hmm. you're carlos fan Mm-hmm. and somewhere in between you also kind of like lando yeah Alonzo. okay it's ever changing it's, it, it, it's ever changing but who's your number one because i'm it's i'm uncertain it, it's it's like you're wheeling you got some sick wheels you got three of them and it depends on whoever finishes higher up almost it's max the problem is max just won so quickly that it, <laughs> i needed to support somebody else for a little bit it's always max it will I'll forever be a Max fan, but I'm excited to see what the other drivers can can deliver. And I like them all for different reasons too. Yeah. But yeah. So it's Max. And that's how we met. And we were stuck in that room for too long. Eight hours a day. That was that was it was for two weeks. Two, two weeks, weeks too. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think trauma. In isolation, because it was also, that was like the peak. Not, I wouldn't say peak, but it was it was COVID era. So yeah. opposite ends of the room. And it, oh, geez. Yeah. And, oh. I still tell people how we used to put um, like little cards. What are they called? Post, cue cards. Post, cue cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we played like Jeopardy, Jeopardy or whatever all throughout the room to study. Studying is not as fun anymore. No, like <laughs> no, no, no. Now that we're we're both taking uh, different designation courses and stuff, it's uh, a yeah. it's a hit or miss, especially with uh, depending on what instructor you have. It can it can either make or break. And uh, yeah, I'm yeah, I feel like I'm feeling that right now. So yeah. Geez. So anyway, getting to that. Sure. Um, still, I I wanna I wanna talk about Formula One before we move on. Um, <laughs> Vegas. Oh, is coming my gosh. up. You know, it and I, I called it. I called it, and I, I and I'm I'm glad that I trusted myself. Um, I feel like Vegas is different than Miami in the way that I think. From 
from a spectator point of view, Miami's a little disappointing. Like it's, it's really aside from being, you know, in and out in hard rock stadium, like that part is cool, but the circuit itself, it's, it's a very lame street circuit. Yeah. Um, but just from listening to the drivers, they, they're, they're not unhappy with it. Like it is really cool. And I haven't been on yeah. the sim to, to really play it, to get a, but it, it looks like it could be a little bit better. And being a, a Miami dolphins fan, you know, if you're going to a, a weekend trip, um, <laughs> In Miami, you know, if they cross Pat, like that would just be amazing. Yeah. Um, but Vegas, I knew a hundred percent that it was it was always still and always going to be about the money. That that's oh, all it is. It was yeah. it was a huge PR thing for them to take to Vegas. And I think um Max had it in and I think in one of his um press, um, he was had some comments and he was like, I think we're there for for the show more than the actual race. And it's like, I think that's true honestly. And it, it's how disappointing. Yeah, it is. And they, I guess they didn't even consider the temperature. And no. they were like, <laughs> Did you see that? You saw that. No, <laughs> the coldest ever recorded one that. was uh, Montreal sometime yeah. in the eighties or seventies. And it was uh four degrees, I think, or five degrees. Yeah, five and degrees. Uh, Vegas is on track for hitting somewhere around four Celsius. It's four Celsius. And the, the thing that is concerning is there's not a lot of corners to warm up your tires. So it's going to be an interesting race to see because the driver's never driven the track before other than in sim. You can't warm up the tires. It's going to be cold. It's a night race. There's it's a night lot. race. Oh, I totally forgot that it was a night it's race a too. It's a night race. And oh like, my gosh. Fans are going to be freezing. They're hiring fans. It, it kind of shows that the money doesn't always talk because I think oh, no. that a lot of people have completely revolted against it. And it's going to be interesting to say the least. T- ticket I, prices are going down. Um, you can just see even like, because the, they've been building this track for, for a couple weeks now, a couple months probably. Yeah. And you can already see that they're very unhappy about it. Even though I did see, I did see something saying that the total economic um, prospect, mm-hmm. uh, it was going to be 1.3 billion with a B billion okay, for Vegas. So yeah, put that in quotations and think about that. I mean, but still how much, where's that money coming from? Where's it coming from and where's it going to go? And yeah. Yeah. There's so many, so many what ifs, but it's going to be interesting to say the least. And I'm looking forward to it, but not my favorite track. So I'm biased. No. I, and I think yeah. the yeah. other thing too, the race weekend, they split it up because the race is actually on Saturday. So it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday instead of Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday, which is like trying to put a, a football game on, on like a Friday or something. It's like, yeah, you just don't do that. You don't do it. It's, no, that's for, it's reserved for hockey. <laughs> right. Got to keep our sports in their designated yeah. zones. You know what? I'll show you this. I know people listening probably can't see it, but um, PV Mart. Okay. You know PV Mart? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll start. I'll start here. Oh Look gosh. what I found at PV Mart. Oh my gosh. Yeah, 143. And you're having that in your house. Oh my I, I okay. Okay. There we go. That's better. <laughs> for people listening, it's a Red Bull car. It's a Red Bull car. It's a it's a one to forty three scale die cast uh Formula One car, the RB sixteen. 
be it's pretty cool I got you know my friends know me so well for my birthday I got die cast cars and indie die cast cars so I have a whole indie talk to me about indie I can't I don't know I, it, I it's, love indie why why um, it's a step above NASCAR I wouldn't say that okay I think that they it race is... on they race on the similar circuits if not the same circuits they race on many different circuits, which is what I like. So there's the oval, the street, and the racetrack, the actual circuits. The thing I like about Indy is it's less red tape. Like, it, it's like Formula One racing. It's it's You're on the edge of your seat, but there's not the five-second penalty, five-second penalty, five-second. Like well, I, <laughs> I think that's new for this season. <laughs> it's new for this season, but it's like it's racing. Like they don't let the politics of the FIA or any of those sorts of things get it in the way of it. So I really like it in that sense. And I'm a huge Pato award fan. And I think he's, I like ruthless driver. Yeah. Yeah. And he's kind of, he has max energy. Like he just, he races and yeah, I'm into Indy now. How was, how was Roman Grosjean? Cause he, he did a stint there. He's horrible. With, uh, was it with Andretti? I think it was Andretti. He was suing them because they cut the contract and then he yeah. signed with another team. He's, he's crash gate. Like he still has caused my driver to lose oh, races because of crashes <laughs> all the time. So he's the same. He's, he's the same as he was. And Erickson is great. Um, but Grosjean is still Grosjean. Interesting. So, yeah. It's interesting. Like, where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line? Where where do you? I think that's a, a nice place to to move on here. Um, where how do you know when when time is time? Like to to move on? Like if you've you've, yeah. and I guess you have perspective too because b- before insurance you were doing travel, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I think you you found lots of success success there. Um, mm-hmm. it in a way changed your life. You learned so so many things and you you met so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, and COVID kind of came in, but like, how did you know that like it was time? COVID was a really great push (laughs) to know that it's time because I don't even think with that, that it was ever going to be time. Um, no, cause I, 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 you're very, you're very, you're very stubborn. (laughs) Yes. In in, in all the best ways. But so even, (laughs) even if COVID happened, like I, I I could still see you fighting through it and coming Mm -hmm. out on top and being like still in travel. So mm-hmm. what, well, yeah, what was it for you that really kind of? Um, I think when you know, you know, and I, you know, I was fighting through COVID in tourism still. Um, I went on a stress leave. I was losing hair. So like my body was physically telling me you're done and having people in your corner that are able to give you the ruthless realities that you maybe don't want to see is another way of knowing. Like, Grosjean, his team should have just been like, it's too much. It's it's not working anymore. If you're not loving what you're doing anymore, if it's becoming something that is impacting you negatively and causing stress, whether physically, mentally, emotionally, any of that, it's time to just stand up and walk away. And I think that we always forget in the moment that there is light on the other side. I always relate it to being in a relationship in high school and having your boyfriend and he's the first person that you'll love and the only person you'll love and he breaks your heart and you never think you're going to love again. And then six months later, you meet somebody else that is the love of your life. Um, Life throws you love and passion and joy in many different ways. And if your body and your mind and your friends are telling you it's time, it's time. 
Well, how does that work then? Because I feel like it's 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 really it could be in some cases it could be hard to differentiate between you getting that feedback from everyone saying that's time you need to change, but that could just be some resistance. That could just be a plateau that you're facing in your career. And if, if yeah. you just kept pushing through, you, you could be a breakthrough. You could level up. You could get a promotion. Like there could be a lot of things. I and I feel it, like that's, that's so confusing for people. It's really confusing and it's really hard to evaluate. I don't think that it's ever a option, a option, B option, C life is very fluid. Um, for me, I, I'm a list taker. So when I do things, I pros, cons, neutrals, everything. And especially moving to tourism, I sat down and said, okay, we've lost everything. Is our market, is this industry going to be the same? And it hasn't been the same. I, I've still connected with people that are in the industry and they're just as stressed as they were four years ago. Um, is the journey going to be hard? Yes or no. Is it going to be the same? All of those things I evaluate. And then I say, okay, it's time to take the leap. Mm-hmm. If th- it's not going to be the outcome that I want, even if I push through it, it depends how long you push through it. You know, pushing through it for the first couple months is different than you've gone on stress leave and everything is not going your way and you don't even see a future anymore. You're not excited about it anymore. Take the leap, do something different. You may come back. You may not. Life just throws those curveballs. It's it's never easy. But no, and I think I think an interesting point too. Um, it's how you push, it's how you push mm-hmm. forward because oftentimes, you know, if you, if you're in an environment where it's, it's like a sinking ship, you know, it, you don't trust your leadership. Um, mm-hmm. you just telling yourself that you're going to push through it. Isn't actually accomplishing anything. Like you've already done that for how many months, how many years you're not getting anywhere. The, the result's not going to change because you didn't do anything to change it. So I think what's really important is you have to be the driving force behind yourself you have to show up Mm -hmm. so you can't just Mm -hmm. leave um the results to the other people that 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 say that they have their best interest right it's like if you were Mm -hmm. buying stocks and then you were letting like the stock people tell you like yeah okay you should buy more oh that's a great why of course they would say that because they they, you people they want to sell their stock but whether it's going to be a good return for for the investor or not that's not that's not you know what i mean like yeah i think that's a and I actually, I did just hear another quote today um, and they were talking about how, you know, when companies or organizations, they always love to put on, on their walls and on banners saying that, oh, we're family. We, we were like family. And they, they were, they were kind of dissecting that a little bit and saying like, that's, that's awful. Like, we're not a family. We're a team here. We're a team yeah. because as a team, yeah. just like in, in, in a sports team, I'm, I'm a big Calgary Flames fan. Um, and you know, let's not talk about how they're doing right now, but let's say that they were the best out yeah. of everyone. They're going to have the best goalie. They're going to have the best forwards. They're going to have the best defense. They're going to have the best of the best. And mm-hmm. if someone's not performing, they get benched or they move. That's just how yeah. it is. And so, and it was interesting. They made a comment too about how in, in a family, in a sense, you can't, you can't really have cross feelings in that same way with like, your mother or like that one cousin or that, that other person that that's involved in the, in the hierarchy, mm-hmm. because that's like, they have a higher position than you and yeah. you just accept it because, you know, in in the sense that they're just family. And so in an organization, if that's how you're feeling, oh, your family, it's like, well, they're not going to listen. They don't care what I have to say anyway. It's like, well, that's awful. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. It, it should be a team. That's how it should work. And if you're not performing, yeah. maybe it's just not right for you. And it's, you know, yeah. it, it is what it is. You got to take it. What do you think on that? 
I think it's true. I think that uh, teamwork is a huge thing. And coming from, I've, I've worked in every type of co company. I really thrive in the company that believes in popcorn Fridays and ping pong and slushy. Cause I think that dogs you spend bring your dog dogs, to work, bring your dogs to work. Uh, all of that is huge. And it's, it's true. Like, you know, we can preach family all we want, but your team and your successes are important as much as your failures are important. And I'm thankful that I now work with a team um, that is purely focused on success and purely focused on hyping each other up. I mean, going, and you can tell even with managers, right? Like there's the the, the micromanager and then there's the flexible manager. There's the manager that just wants you to deliver. And there's a manager that doesn't see you delivering and go, how can we change that? What can we do to grow with that? And I think that because we spend so much time at work, you can call it a family all you want. Normally the companies that call it family aren't the companies that treat each other like family or with the respect of what a no, family we, is. No, we have experience with that. We have experience <laughs> with that. But the companies that say, well, we're not a family, we're a workplace, but we're going to make it fun and we're going to respect each other and we're going to value it. And I find even with companies and teams that don't have hierarchies. So you mentioned like your mother's your mother, you have to respect them. I sit beside VPs and I had no idea they were a VP because there was no title to it. So when you take away the hierarchy and you just want, you just want your team to succeed and thrive and you do everything self like selflessly as well as selfishly at the same time, depending on the day and the situation, you'll find the perfect formula. Yeah. I'm, I'm, drive. I'm a huge advocate of that where, um, above all else, you have to be selfish, like being selfish in your career mm -hmm. is one of the single handedly most important things, because without it, you're not going to go anywhere. Like if you have any kind of ambition, if you want to be fulfilled, like you need to have that growth. So if you're not growing, you're not doing anything, you're actually going backwards. Um, and you can still be selfish while being selfless exactly. and, and be, being generous. So when work comes your way, then it's, and it's not actually yours and it's not too hard for you to do it, do it, mm -hmm. do it. You're a team like that. That's that teamwork coming back. But it's, it's the same thing, right? Like um, in, in relating it to maybe hockey again, you know, if, if you're the best, but you keep passing the puck. Well, that's nice that you're good at passing the puck, but you could be contributing a lot more and scoring goals if you shot it yeah. at the net instead. So that yeah. that that is still so important that you need to take those shots. You yeah. need to learn and you have to know when to pass when it's appropriate, but you really have to know when you're like, I got this, I can do this. This is this is me. This is me. And and that's a big thing with my team. We um we have this rule when we take vacation that we forward our emails to an inbox and our team manages it so that our clients are still get amazing experiences. The service standard is there and we're not burnt out when we come back or overwhelmed. So passing the puck may mean I'm helping out my colleague this time around, but next time when I'm on vacation or I need a flex day, or I need to take some time for myself, I know that she's going to have my back because I helped her. So I am being a selfish in a way of taking that time for myself, but because I was selfless previously, that person that's is now there to have my back, has my back. So hundred percent. It's That's so important. Yeah. What, what's your favorite thing about the insurance industry? Cause I mean, I think this, I, I, I'm, I'm, we're both in the industry, so we're both super passionate. Yeah. We're both insurance nerds, but yeah. um, I feel like a lot of people don't actually know that it, it, it it's actually a really great career opportunity. If, yeah. if you, if you enjoy business, if you enjoy, um, you know, clients, 
to a degree, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not all client facing, like it's part of the job. Yeah. But, um, risk management, like you're just, it's, it, yeah. there's so many things that apply to it that I just think are very interesting. And then yeah. people don't know, like, I didn't know, like me and you, me and you both, we yeah. just kind of fell into it. And I think that's, it's the, yeah. the ongoing joke in the industry. It's that mm-hmm. no one, there's like maybe 1% of people that actually choose insurance. And, and, and by default, yeah. if they have parents that have brokerages or like they have family and that's yeah. how they get into it. But everyone else, it's like an accident. We were just yeah. looking for a job and then it's like, Oh, I kind of like this. This is go on. I'm listening. This is stable. This is nice. And it's fun. No, I agree. It's a, it's a fascinating industry. I think the thing I like is, especially within my niche, um, because I deal with private client services. So I deal with really unique things like wine and art and unique. You can just call it bougie and, and rich, bougie, bougie, bougie broker. Um, <laughs> I love that. I see something different every day. I, I had previously worked for direct writers where it's the same thing and it's very static. I've found you should, my market. Can you explain that? Can you explain the difference between direct writers and brokers? Yeah. So a direct writer, if you're an agent for a direct writer, you basically work solely with the company that hires you. Uh, the underwriters are in-house, claims managers are in-house, everything is in-house. So you go into uh, office A, you work with that person, that person writes a policy that has been underwritten by office A, claims happen that claim manager is hired by office A for the most part. So everything is in one uh, realm, whereas brokerages, you're working with everybody. So the client will come to the brokerage and then that broker gets to get to know the client, make sure that they have the right understanding of the risk or whether it's a property or car. And then they get to go to office A, B, C, D, E, F, G. They can go anyone else but the direct writers. Anywhere else but the direct writers. (laughs) So office B, C, D, E, F, G, find the best package, work with that office to build that package, and then they help the client out. So a lot more flexibility, a lot more freedom, um, lots of differentiation with what every market covers. I think that was the hardest thing. I don't know about you, but going from a an independent agency to a brokerage, you're not learning just one form or one policy. You have to learn everything. Everything. It's a lot. And I was very lucky. I got thrown into the deep end. I was, my five-year plan happened on month one for me um, when I moved to a brokerage. So it's ever-changing. It's more competitive. Might take a little more time for us to do our jobs, but that's the big difference. And I love it because it's something different every day and it's very competitive and a little bit more flexible with your career path as well. And that's a huge factor, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, it just opens up the door to so many more opportunities um, because you, you just have that much more exposure, Yeah. right? Like like brokerages tentatively are usually a little bit bigger too. So they have a little bit more um, opportunity to evaluate and Mm -hmm. kind of build career paths with you, like development plans. I find mm-hmm. is huge, like not, not hating on direct riders. I think they, they, they have a really lovely place in there, what they're good at. Mm-hmm. They're usually really good at. Um, yeah. So there's still, there's still some, some pros there, but from a, from a brokerage standpoint, I think as, as someone who is trying to grow their career, I think that is a really good yeah. place because you, it's, you're balancing so much more, right? Like you just have so much more exposure to, to deal with different types of problems, more different types of people, mm-hmm. um, which is, which is really cool. It's awesome. It's great. Yeah. You know, um, I love where I am in my niche market. I know guys that work in personal lines and they're excited to go to commercial and they have the ability in the brokerages, if they're large, especially 
to grow and foster relationships with different departments and teams and find their fitting in yeah. the role. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what would you say if, cause I think, I think Mount Royal and Calgary, they there's, there's a couple of schools that have programs that yeah. I think at the end get you licensed or at least maybe even your CIP, which is a, a professional designation that you put at the end of your name. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I would, I would debate that it's almost as cool as like a PhD or something, but I think it's cool. It's those <laughs> letters got to get the letters, you know? Totally. Um, but I mean, that's not the only way to get into the industry. So what, what advice would you give people who are maybe looking a, they're at that point where, where maybe we both have been, something needs to change. So like whatever they're doing right now, it's not working. They, yeah. they want something a little bit more exciting, some, you know, touching different things, different days. Uh, commission, salary, like the mm-hmm. benefit. Like there's so many good things about it. How, what would you say? How can you encourage someone um, to look into this type of career? I think the first thing is just taking a leap and asking somebody to go for coffee. Cause normally, you know, somebody in the industry or have heard of a friend of a friend. And I actually had someone come to me recently and say, Hey, I'm not happy where I am. I'm making a change. Um, can we grab a coffee? I just want to learn. And whether it's, it's talking to somebody that, you know, or doing your, I did a lot of research, um, insurance industry folks love to talk about insurance. We are insurance geeks. So if it's reaching out to somebody that you're seeing on your LinkedIn or reaching out to somebody that works in placing people with different brokerages and just asking for a call, we're going to call you because we're going to want to talk about insurance because it's changed our lives in different ways. Uh, another thing that's quite fascinating is some brokerages have tracks. So in my brokerage, we have a track, uh, it's called a track. And basically what happens is you work, you, they help you get your license. And then you work a little bit in every department and you figure out where you want to be and what you want to do. And then from there, when you graduate from the program, you then decide if you're in commercial or personal lines or wherever it need, may be. So programs like that are existing. I think that a lot of people, especially in our industry, we're wanting to get younger people. We're kind of wanting to, you know, res- add some pizzazz maybe to the industry. And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of brokerages are starting programs like that. But number one advice, reach out to somebody, drop yeah. a DM in the LinkedIn message, say, I want to get to know what you and what you do and how it works. I've done that a couple of times actually over the last year. And, you know, I would even take that a step further. I think even going to any type of brokerage, like find one in your neighborhood and you're in your, go there and just talk to someone, be like, Hey, look, I'm actually interested in looking at for a career change. Like what, what's because I, and the reason I say that is because there is, there is a lot of turnover in the industry. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel like, cause I, I've, I've thought about this a lot, believe it or not. And I think it is really just people, they need people who are just going to do that work. They want those, those team players that will do the work, even when it's not necessarily theirs, but they're still selfish and, and care about their career. Yeah. I think Absolutely. that's a, that's a hundred percent what they need. So if, if you're, if you're not necessarily willing to, to make some of those sacrifices for the greater good of your team. And then, you know, it, it comes to a point, there's a line, right? Like it doesn't mean that you have to just do everything that comes across your desk. That doesn't make sense. Right. But yeah. Um, they're really hungry for those types of people. So even you showing that initiative being like, Hey, I'm looking for a career change. And, and these are the reasons why I think I'd be good. I promise you, I promise you. Oh yeah. You, you could get a job at a brokerage and start working within a month after being licensed. hundred percent. Easy. We we Easy. studied two weeks for the test and we passed. Yeah. It doesn't 100%. take long. It doesn't take long. 
doesn't take, it's a lot of studying. And once you do it, you're done and you're in and you're good. And we want people, we want motivated people. I'm a prime example, right? Like I had a year of insurance history experience with a draft writer mm -hmm. and I went to a brokerage. I, I got someone wanted to have a call with me. Um, and I spoke with that recruiter and I, and she goes, you'd be great. Just even talking to you on the phone. If you're that person that can talk to a client or is motivated, they will make sure that they find a place for you. And that's what happened to me. That it was, I didn't have enough experience for job A, but they said, Hey, you know what? We want you. You're motivated. You're hungry. You're dedicated. You're a team player. You know how to talk to people. We'll find a spot. And they found a spot and it's yeah. been over two, well, two years now. Yeah. And it was the best thing I ever did in my life. hundred percent. And honestly, even, even I remember, I remember when you called me and you told me, I was just like so excited for you because it was just like we 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 knew the pain that we were kind of going through when when we had yeah. started and and having that opportunity come forward for you like you I could just tell already just the way that you're talking about it, I was like man she's made for this like this she, this is this is a huge <laughs> step for her like this is like paving the way for yeah. for her future and I think it's also really cool that um like when even when you come when when you're talking about um you know the the type of people in the brokerages right like women in business like th there's no shortage yeah. of that like it it's actually like it's 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 really cool i think being able to see that like there's there's so many women who are actually like vps uh ceos and just like yeah. at all levels of of management leadership and even just like in 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 the workforce on teams like it's yeah. there's no there's no shortage and i think it's 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 cool to see you moving up in that way where like you yeah. have that positive energy and like, mm -hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure your, your whole team knows already too. It's like, yeah, no, she's, she's got a bright future. She's going places. Like, you know, <laughs> you're, you're getting, you're, you're doing Thank the work, you. you're learning and it, it's mm -hmm. probably not going to be too, too long before you you have another caller. I'm going to get a call from you saying like, guess what? Right. <laughs> like, I can't wait for that. That's going to be so fun. It'll be good. It'll be good. And thank you. And I'm very lucky. I have an awesome team of women that I'm surrounded with. And my, my manager herself is, is the epitome of a boss. So I'm very lucky that I have great influences and yeah. leaders that are helping me grow. So that's amazing. So yeah. in, 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 in the work then, you know, when, when things mm -hmm. get busy, when things get tough and then life happens too, how do you, mm -hmm. what do you like to do to de-stress? What, what really is like, when you're taking some of those days off, what really kind of centers you again, um, yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. I'm an extroverted introvert, so I need to recharge <laughs> everyone. Everyone looks, I didn't know me. those existed. <laughs> they exist and they're, they're more, uh, common than you think. Everyone sees me or knows me as this really loud bubbly personality. And I'm always yes social and out there and party, party, party. Like my husband likes to say, and I'm nonstop. But when I actually come home, I sit in my closet, which is, it's a space that makes me feel really small. Um, I think as adults, we forget that we used to be children and that we have to go out in the world with our chest puffed and, and strong and we have to put on that front. But when you're at home, it should be your safe space. So I go into a space that makes me feel really small and I either write or read. So I'm actually in the process of writing a book. Um, Get out of town. Are you serious? I, I have two things going on. So I'm writing a book and then me and my friend um, come the new year starting a podcast as well. But yes. I, I write and I read and I just escape. I do something very simple that is for me. I try my best not to watch television or social media because it can consume anybody. 
So if I can disconnect by either writing, reading, or yeah, planning my podcast, that's what takes up most of my time and racing, which is what the podcast is about. So I'm, I'm <laughs> combining amazing. two things in one. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of how I fill my time and a lot of good food. I cook a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think, I think what's really cool. I've seen um, just from what you've shared um, your support system, your best friend, your husband, love mm-hmm. JC. Um, mm-hmm. How, how important are they to, to your, your success? Like to, to, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And actually it's quite a, a loaded question. Cause two years ago, I didn't have the support system that I have today. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually found myself with a support system that created more stress and more bad habits than good habits. Um, which is something I think you talk about a lot is like, you know, surrounding yourself with positivity and pushing through that darkness. Uh, and I had to walk away from a, a support system that I thought was going to be my forever support system. And over the last two years, I've grown this amazing support system in my friends and my best friend and my husband. And I think that that is so pivotal in my success and my growth and the ability to pursue my goals, whether it's writing a book or starting a podcast. Because when you have the people that just say, yes, you can do it, your mindset will change over those those years, right? Um, if you have people that go, okay, yeah, sure, that's never going to happen. You can try all you want, but you're not going to be that person that runs a successful podcast or you're not ever going to write a book. Like, that's great. You do you um, versus the people that are like, absolutely, like good on you. Yet write that book, Yeah, uh, live that life. So I think that, your vibe attracts your tribe and your tribe is important. And when you surround yourself with those positive people that can be honest and be maybe when you're spiraling a little bit or steering the wrong way are able to put you back in line in the most supportive way possible, it really will lead to success in the future. It, mm-hmm. it is so pivotal in today's world to surround yourself with people that want to better themselves, want to better you, and want to create and foster healthy dreams and goals and accomplishments in life. And they want to get you there. Yeah. And I think, I think from something you mentioned, it, it uh, reminded me of something. Um, when, when you're looking at your support team and not necessarily like your, your spouse or your, you know, like your day ones, the people that are just there for you. Um, when you look at like the, your supporters as a whole, like if you had mentioned um, to maybe some of your team or to some, some other people that you know that are generally supportive and you're like hey I'm, I'm writing a book oh that is so cool I support like I of course yeah. I want to know about and it sounds great yeah. and then you write the book and it blows up it goes nuts like you you sold you know three million copies yeah. New York Times bestseller and then and you kind of go back um you know they're either going to be still like super supportive and be like that's so amazing but then there's another group of people that are going to like, it'll seem like they've changed and they're somehow like no longer supportive of you. Mm-hmm. And I think the point that I'm trying to make is that people are supportive to a point until you start surpassing them on that success mm-hmm. scale. And that's, that's something to look out for because, mm-hmm. and it's specifically with like coworkers, right? If you had left and you're like, Hey, I'm quitting insurance. Cause I really want to pursue my passion, which is writing and, and, yeah. you know, like being creative, um, they're, they're, of course they're going to be, of course they're going to be supportive because in, in their yeah. mind, you're not actually, you're not more successful 
than yeah. them. They're actually like, <laughs> she's going to go write a book. Like I'm the one with the stable job, you know, and all these things. And yeah. then once, once you actually rise above that, like it changes and it's, it's, it's hard. Cause you don't really, you can't tell. Yeah. You can't tell. You can't. Right. Like it, the, the support just feels like it's support until it's, it doesn't. And that's where yeah. it, it can be dangerous. So when you're, I think it, it goes towards intention. Mm-hmm. You know, are you, are you doing these things for yourself? Because that's actually like your purpose. You feel like mm-hmm. this is what you're called to do. These are the people you're called to serve. Um, and it's your passion or are you doing it just for the recognition because people said yeah. it was a good idea. And that's, that's the thing too, right? Like how many times yeah. have you had someone who's like, Oh, Kaylee, you'd be so good at this. And then you're like, Oh yeah, sweet. But like, that doesn't mean you should actually do it. Like just because yeah. that's opinion that, that, that you'd be good. It, wh- why? That how, how yeah. relevant is that? Like, that's not even, I don't like that. So yeah. why would you go do it? Right. So I think that's, that's, that, that's very, it's something that needs to be boiled down and you have to be very solid in your intent and why mm-hmm. you're doing it mm-hmm. to be able to survive past that. Oh yeah. Cause it's not easy. It, no. I don't think following a passion is ever easy. So if you're going to follow it, you got to want that because, it, and also if you don't really want it deep down, you're not going to do it. It will be done for a couple of weeks and they'll be pushed to the side or something else will come up or life will happen or you'll use an excuse. You have to truly want it. And and I don't even, I think it, it, it's even like, there's no, I don't think there's like appropriate words to really describe the the emphasis on how how bad you need to want it. Like um again I heard something where you need to be willing and to to die for it. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you don't even fear death anymore, like that's how bad you want it. That that yeah. like that that that's like the emphasis on it. So it's not even just like the word, "Oh, I want to go to Starbucks or I want to go get a pizza." It's like yeah. Th- this isn't an option. Like I'm I'm dead set on this. I know that this is what I meant to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Nothing like that, that kind of, that kind of mentality, that kind of Gun energy is what energy. is needed yeah. in order to see through the storms because there will inevitably, how many writer's blocks have you already had so far? Oh my gosh. So many, so many, many rewrites, so many so, extra exactly, classes. Totally. <laughs> and, it never ends. <laughs> and you're like, you know, no, that's it. I'm not writing a book anymore. This is stupid. Like I've already wasted, and, but that, you know, how do you get yourself past that? How do you get and, and encourage yourself again to like, no, no, I know, I know I'm meant to do this. I have thoughts that I like people yeah. I know are going to want to hear. Yeah. Um, I think that it's, especially with writer's block, my, my solution is always to read because I, and I love the independent community of authors, like writers themselves are outstanding souls because they take something that is in an imagination or they, and they turn it into paper. And then when you're reading it, you're seeing it and you're envisioning it and you're motivated by it, whether it's a biography or an adventure book or romance or not cats, not cats. That one should not have been written. Nope. That cat, maybe not not cats. No. As a, I'm a, I'm a romance <laughs> reader, by the way. So like, I have a very specific genre that I yeah. like to read and write. But I think that the biggest thing of, of pushing through it, sometimes you just have to let the, the block happen and you're going to be inspired by listening to music and driving home and hearing a song. And you're like, oh my gosh, okay, I have this idea. I need to write it now. Also surrounding yourself with people that have the same goal. So it goes back to your vibe attracts your tribe. I have made friends in the community, whether it's the owners of a local romance bookstore or fellow writers or people that love reading. And I go to them for feedback 
I have my people that help me get through those blocks. So also believing in yourself, but having that support system, it's pivotal, huge. Mm-hmm. Because there's times I have a block and I'm like, you know, I'm just not feeling it. And I go and talk to my best friend who's also a writer. And she's like, what about this? We're like, what if you did this? It, it could change the whole scope of the, of the chapter. Mm-hmm. And when you innovate and you work together as a team at times, even on something independent, like writing a book, you're going to end up more successful. So sometimes you have to put your own ego and pride aside when you have that block and be like, I need help. Mm-hmm. Like I, I need some support here. And, but I think even what you're saying, you're, you're turning to the people that are still kind of involved in that community. Like they get it. Yeah. They get it. And it, get I, it. I, 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 I always think of the same, like if I'm looking to buy a house, am I going to go to a realtor or am I going to go to the homeless guy on the bench? Cause if yeah. I go to the homeless guy on the bench, he can probably show me the best benches in town, but it's not what I'm actually looking for. Mm-hmm. So who you go to for advice is also crucial. So just because someone's available, yeah, it's it's better off not to even have that conversation or like to. Yeah. And I think a big thing too is when you're when you're talking about your vision, when you're talking about what you're what you're working on, mm-hmm. you know, like that's it, it. It has a what's the word I'm looking for? It has a very it, it's it's high highly important, and it, it's almost sacred in a way because it shouldn't be shared almost over coffee. It shouldn't be shared over like breaking bread, not like at a dinner mm-hmm. table or at a dinner party because they're not going to get it. They're yeah. not going to get it. Like even mm-hmm. what, what, what advice or feedback is going to be relevant to you? It's like, Oh, okay, let me tell you, I think I have an idea for the next chapter of your book. It's like, yeah. you wouldn't have the slightest clue, like not taking away like the, yeah. the, the spontaneous, like, Oh my goodness. Like you just inspired me. Like that can happen, but you're not going to go to just anyone when mm-hmm. you have an actual problem that like, I, I cause I, I couldn't relate. I I'm not writing. Yeah. A book yet. Yeah. But uh, just creatively, like I probably wouldn't be the best one or even just like genre specific, right? Like if we were, if we were talking about insurance, like mm-hmm. maybe, or like another yeah. you know business, maybe <laughs> Motivation. But, but for, you know, the, the type of book that you're, are you, is it, is, are you doing like a romance novel that you're writing? I am. Yes. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, you know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, man. Like it, I would be like, well, I think I saw that one movie. Maybe you do something like that. <laughs> Maybe like-, like that. You know, it's fun. And JC is the same way. He's like, I don't know. Like, but, but there's the kiss now maybe maybe like next next chapter like what next chapter (laughs) so there's this thing I do and when I'm trying to write a scene whether it's like they're fighting and they're getting all in each other's faces or they're you know have making up and having their first kiss I will go and grab my husband and like position him to try to figure out how to describe what I want the characters to do so I'm like touch my cheek and he's like are you good I'm like just just touch my cheek and then I can like figure out how to feel that and write that so but he's not gonna get it the same way I'm I'm telling my friend that's writing I'm like I just can't figure out the way to describe her feelings right now and but it's also your audience you're writing for your audience right like yeah. JC and even me probably we're probably I'll, I'll no. buy a copy I'll, I'll buy a copy of your book <laughs> But it'll probably stay on my shelf. Maybe Chelsea can read it. But... <laughs> I was going to say, we'll get one for Chelsea. Um, but, but again, right? Like you're not writing that. for me or JC yeah. or mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like it's a, you're, you're writing specifically for the people that are, you know, are going to be interested and to right. buy your book. For all those ladies that still believe in a hopeless romantic love. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. 
how, how close are you? Podcast. I'm, I've just finished my first draft. I've got a long way to go. Okay. But, I was going to say, we got to, yeah. we, we need a, to put a plug somewhere here. So you could be like, <laughs> wait, pre-order the book now. Is it too early? <laughs> I will say the podcast is called uh, two girls, two tracks. And I probably will be going to you for advice. Cause that is something that you're doing, which is amazing nice. and motivating. Um, but yeah, you'd be the person that I would talk to. So it's all about who you're surrounding yourself with. So, yeah. Yeah. I 2024. Love Two girls, two tracks. Two girls, two tracks. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm actually excited. Like, what what inspired this for you? Because I think I'm 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 really interested in in how yeah. people come to those conclusions where they have that almost breaking point where they feel like they either mm-hmm. felt inspired or it was an idea that they were holding on to, and then like, what what was that? What was that final straw that was like, you know what? We're doing this. We're doing it. What was it? What was it for you? <laughs> Uh, women and females in motorsport is a huge thing. Uh, I think that more representation is great. I think we're starting to see female drivers, social media content creators, females that just love racing and love it, but are always discredited and maybe don't have the same platform in the sense of other fans. I want that representation shown. And the other thing that's quite fascinating is my best friend, Randa is the opposite of me. So I'm sugar. She's spice. I'm Prosecco. She is whiskey. I am blue suit. She's blue collar, like (laughs) opposite. I'm formula one. She's racetrack. She's dirt track. She's like muddy in the pits. Yeah. Like she did not like formula one until I got her into it. It was not her thing. She's like, it's money. It's red tape. It's BS. We don't like it. And I was like, no, 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 it's great. Hear me (laughs) out. Um, And then I knew nothing about Dirt Track. So what we thought is there's F1 podcasts that are female driven and there's NASCAR podcasts and there's all these different things. But what if we put in the notion of two girls that are totally opposite, that love totally different aspects of motorsport and we talk about it. And that way we're not only broadening the knowledge of what it is to be a NASCAR fan or an indie fan or F1 fan or dirt track fan, but we're, we're exposing people to all sides of it. So Mm -hmm. for someone that maybe never wanted to watch F1, now she's fascinated and was watching the Brazil Grand Prix, which was a gong show by the way. (laughs) So we thought differing opinions, differing types of racing, let's put it all in a podcast and let's talk about it. And let's hmm. see what comes of it. And I think that it's really exciting because it's so many different um, aspects. And it, it's really kind of going on that countering thing of, you know, you've got the bougie F1 and then you've got the dirt track and you you can represent so many different things because our world is so big and vast. And there's I was so going to say, I was going to say, I think I, what I even even me starting this podcast, I really just wanted it to be a platform for people to really just talk about you know, like they're changing the conversation on success. And, and, and so one, that's one part of it. And the second one Mm -hmm. is just talking about attitude and how that's so important. So we'll get to that a little bit later, but um, just because I feel like, I mean, for me, you know, when you think of the word podcast, you may have, you know, a couple saved and whatnot, but like the biggest one, you know, Joe Rogan, Mm -hmm. what an accomplishment it would be to talk to Joe Rogan. And at some point on, on my vision, like I have a, I have a vision written down. I have a a one year, five year, 10 year plan. Mm -hmm. Um, And somewhere on there, I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to be on Joe Rogan's podcast. Like I, I, hundred percent. Yeah. And then I had a thought, I was like, why? Like what validation would it be for me to be on his podcast? Like there's so many other people, like literally, I think one of the things that inspired him 
is that he just talks to whoever he wants and whoever he's he's mm-hmm. is he interested in. Mm-hmm. And so of course he has the platform and he has like the, you know, it, it has a big draw and it can change lives. But it, what he does is he's just, he's being selfish. He just talks to people that he's interested in and gives them a space to kind of share their stories. And, and that kind of inspired me a little bit to talk to people like who I'm close with that have yeah. cool stories. Like they, mm-hmm. they have these crazy, like people I went to high school with, or just I've, I've passed, I've crossed. It's so cool to see how people are able to develop where they have adversity Mm-hmm. How did you, how did you fight that adversity? How did you get through? And like, that's, that's like really a big, big reason I'm I'm doing this. And why I, I love to um, have you here is because I am really fascinated. And, and I think your story is inspiring and, and will be very inspiring for a lot of, of people, but also just women, women in business, women who are trying yeah. to, to, to fight because I, I can see it. Of course, it's, it, that's, it's a, it's yeah. a big topic. And it's one that I think has a lot of, I don't know if animosity is the right word for it, but you know what I mean? Like it, you yeah. almost have to walk on eggshells depending on what mm-hmm. you say. And it's like, I think the long form conversation like podcast is great for creativity, but it's yeah. also just the best way to like explore your thoughts, to really yeah. voice them and have the opportunity to say, like, listen, like, I know maybe that's the comment that I had said, but I didn't mean it like that. I meant it like this. Mm-hmm. And you don't really yeah. get that in any other conversation. Like, I mean, it doesn't make sense. Why, why would a, a five minute conversation on some, some topics like this, when you really need to get down to it, like it, it doesn't yeah. do it justice. So yeah. having, having a, a platform to be able to do this with people that I, that I look up to that I find yeah. very inspiring. I want to have those conversations. And I, I want to just like explore some of those thoughts and to, you know, have, have a record of it in that, yeah. you're like, oh, you should go listen to that episode with Kaylee. Like, I think you're going to find a lot of um, interesting things that you'll find very valuable. And if that yes. helps someone too, like that's yes. all the better, you know? I think it's amazing what you're doing, by the way. And I Thank think you. it's amazing that you're bringing light and it is, is people that cross paths, people that are friends, people that have motivated you, because I think we forget how fascinating people's stories can be 100%. that are everyday people. Yeah. Like, there are girls that I, I have a big friend. I call myself like T Swift 2.0. Cause I hang out with all these girls all the time <laughs> and we're all girl power and, and we love it, but you sit down with them. Like I had, um, one friend who is a business partner. She works in an, an industry similar, not exactly insurance, but I work alongside her and we had a glass of wine and her story and what she's gone through and the perseverance of like fighting through. I'm very blessed that I surround myself with people that take a really unfortunate situation and just let it fuel them mm-hmm. to be better. And I always say, if you don't like something, fix it. Yeah. hundred percent. You might have to go out into that world and have a strong face and then come home and cry for an hour, but you went out there and you did it. And those yeah. tears sooner or later, it's worth it. You know what and I, mean? I think people need to hear that people and that that's like that's why like I don't think you need Joe Rogan to validate that your story is worth sharing yeah. you know on the big scale yeah. sure I think he's lots of cool mm-hmm. guests and like I said that he's a huge platform so we can get lots of unique people but there, there's there's so many people that like there isn't a shortage of podcasts like for someone to really like kneel into and to hear those yeah. and to kind of discuss those topics with that person that really mm-hmm. went through it mm-hmm. cool I like that, that, why, what, how else would you share that? Like most people, like if you're not a creative, yeah. if you're not writing a book, a biography yeah. or like a podcast, like who else is going to hear your story? Yeah. They're, they're, and, they're just so precious. I think. 
And on top of it, to hear you're not alone. Like you say, like for women in business and women in, in motorsport or, or whatever it may be, it is going to be harder. Um, one of the people I really look up to, there's two people that are my role models. And one of them is, if she's ever popular, and we all probably know who it is, but it's, Oprah. it's Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm good. I'm a T-Swift girl. I'm a T-Swift girl. Um, but it's Taylor because she's taken so much adversity and she's taken her reputation and she's fostered it to grow and create the dreams that she wanted to create and one thing in the song I always listen to the man that's how I face it as I go to work and I listen to the man by Taylor Swift or I listen to um power by little mix I really curate my music to motivate me and it's you know I'm tired of running as fast as I can and thinking that I'll get there quicker if I was a man and it's true unfortunately we just live in a world where it is going to be harder to succeed and be taken seriously in business. And if a woman has a tone that is similar to a man's tone, it is perceived very differently. And as someone who's very strong-willed, I have had experiences where I have been perceived differently because my tone is very abrupt. Mm-hmm. If you want the facts aren't feelings. If you don't like it, fix it. Let's move forward. I have that moment in my life and in my career where I'm very point straightforward like this is the fact your feelings are validated and and I get that this is not the time to have them we need to focus on this and we need to move forward if a man said that it'd be totally different (laughs) well let's let's talk about that because I feel like this I mean 100 percent yeah you know if if I'm overstepping or if I'm gonna please save me because I don't want to you know um on that on that point like from what you just said but also Mm -hmm. relating it to the importance of having a team yeah and you're and you have the 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 best people for it like i'm i'm 100 an advocate that that like if you are good at what you do 100 you deserve a seat 100 100 but and 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 i also believe that if if you're if you're not the best on that team it's not a hit against you you probably have better talents like you're better suited somewhere else where you'll actually feel better about yourself Mm -hmm. anyway and you'll be able to contribute at a higher level Mm -hmm. Um, so when you mix both of those, I feel like it, I think this is one of the, the, the points. And again, I don't know if animosity is the best word keeps coming to my mind, but, um, when you have women in business who are really trying to make a name for themselves, they're good at what they do. And, and maybe it is harder. Um, but at what point is it like, I guess the point I'm trying to say is when you, when you're just holding on to that fact that like, if, if you're a woman and you want, you want to be successful and you're holding on to it. Yeah. When, if you're just, maybe you're just not that the, the high, highest performer and you really like someone is better suited for that. Yeah. It's, it's, I, it, that, I think that's like, where do you, and like come from, from a, from a woman's point of view, how would you dissect that? Cause I feel like that's something that gets left out a lot in some mm-hmm. of these conversations. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah. Absolutely. I don't think that everybody is meant to be in certain positions um, just because they're a woman, nor do I think something should be handed to somebody because if there is a man that is better suited for it, he should take it. Um, I think that the biggest thing is knowing you have to work harder, but also knowing that you have to understand the scope of what you're working for and if it's going to work or not. Mm -hmm. Um, I have never understood 
the notion that um like I would never look at like a male counterpart that is say one of my colleagues he works technically in a position lower than me I I don't know where how to go with this it's kind of a very it's a sticky topic to talk about but I think that self-awareness is a big thing and I think that for women in business self-awareness is going to be the key to success because if you think I deserve this because I'm a woman and I'm working harder than any other man and I have to regulate all these feelings at work and be a certain way, it's never going to be a good outcome. If you go in saying, I know I have to work harder. I know that there are those unfortunate standards that just exist. It's mm-hmm. not on purpose. No one ever does it on purpose. Um, and then you go, okay, I'm aware. I hype myself up, I'm moving on and I'm Mm going to just, and I'm going to have my work prove it. That's the biggest thing is, is just knowing that you're meant to be in that role and maybe having the self-awareness that going, okay, you know what, actually this isn't it. And it's not because I'm this type of person Mm -hmm. or I'm like this way, or I'm a woman or whatever it is. It's just knowing as a person, it's just not Mm -hmm. it. And I I think, I think that, that affects men as well, right? Like just Mm -hmm. having that awareness, we're like, dude, you're, you're really not suited for this role. And I think, I think to a point it's, it's easier for men to stay in that role and underperform than it is for a woman. Yeah. I think that is true. Um, And I think, I think even just on, on, on talking about women in business, like, I think what's really cool about nowadays is there are so many solutions to that problem that I think people forget about. Like you don't have to stay on the conveyor belt system. Like it's, 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 it's the same thing. I think something that affects everyone is you're, you, you get into an industry, you get into an organization or company and that's your life now. And you're like, okay, well the next step up is this position. So I'm going to wait here 10 years until I get, you know, promoted, blah, blah, blah. And then next, and then next, like you get sucked into it. And so for people who are lifers, and not a problem, right? Like if that's really what you want, that's fine. But when you're just, you, you are just, you're not actually moving. The conveyor belt's moving. And then yeah. you hold on to this power that you think is actually yours. And it's like, what are you doing with your life? Like you're you're actually the worst. Like yeah. you need to do something else. Like I think that exists. And so nowadays there's so many different creatives available mm-hmm. and it's not, like who's to say, like, if, if you want to be a woman in business, go start a business or go yeah. buy a business, go do yeah. something. Like you don't have to stay in the organization that you are now to hold on to power that is almost irrelevant. Yeah. And I yeah. think, and it, it, it's tough. Cause yeah, I can see why it's like to make a name for yourself, but also for, for other women to say like, look what I've accomplished. Like that, that has power. It does. But like, who's, who's, giving you that power who's giving that recognition probably yeah. another man in a, in, in a company or an organization yeah. so like, what are you doing at the end of the day like he, yeah giving you this promotion yeah and it's like well, well how deserved is it like you've you've been here for so long like why don't you just build something like that i think yeah. has a whole lot of power like starting a podcast like even chelsea mm-hmm. like i'm i'm so proud oh my of her gosh. for, for starting have... a business like oh your wife is outstanding you have like i hands down she just was like I want to do it I'm going to do it and I think that that's it too I think as women in business we always go I want to do it but it's harder for us so like is it well it is because I think the biggest thing too like when you're talking about families like a big thing for her was she like postpartum having two kids it's so like you lose your whole sense of identity lose who Mm -hmm. you are so Mm -hmm. for her she was really searching for something that she can say like I'm not I'm not just a mother 
I'm not just a wife. Yeah. I'm I've built something. Yeah. I've contributed in this way and I'm actually being fulfilled yeah. because this is my purpose. And I support yeah. that 100%. And yeah. I just like, what bothers me is that it like, it seems like the only way to get that, that feeling of accomplishment as a woman in business has to be in a company or an, or, or an organization. And like, that's not like, why do we keep coming back to this? Like, of course, like it's corrupt, like wall street. It's like, or yeah. even like when Hillary Clinton, not that I understand us politics, but like, Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. how many people voted just the first woman president? It's like, like That's the thing. And like, I think that that, like, you talk about how she's more than just a mom. And, and I, my leader is the same way. I remember because she's, she was a single mom. She's now happily married, love her to death. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm more than just a mom. I'm a boss. I'm a volleyball player. I like to read. I like, and I think that women, we almost, we don't put ourselves in boxes, but like, society has kind of raised this like this is what you're meant to be and this is how you're meant to be a woman in business and this is how you're meant to be a mother and this is how you're meant to be a wife yeah and I think it's so frustrating and I think it's so complex like I am very woman in business I go out and I do my thing and my husband stands there and supports me but mm-hmm. when I come home, I also cook him dinner because I like being maybe a little bit more traditional at home. Mm-hmm. I think that you can't, someone looked at me and was like, so you're so traditional, but you work a full-time job. I'm like, I work a career because I want to work a career. 100%. my yeah. career. But I also like being a wife and I like coming home and I like making dinner for my It's husband. It's like, who who started yeah. to- who started telling us that you, you can't do both. Cause I feel like there's, there's a, like, I'm, I'm me and Chelsea are pretty traditional as well in that, in that way where we still respect those roles. She's, mm-hmm. she's a, um, an amazing mother. She's an amazing wife. And it, yeah, when, when, when I come home from work or when I'm done working and, and like at the end of the day, it's like, we, we really respect each other's yeah. roles. Yeah. But, but again, I'm, I'm not like, I support her hundred percent. Like, yeah. like, I think you, you said it um beautifully where you go, you work hard, you know, yeah. you can call yourself a, a a bad boss bitch if you want. Right. But yeah, but then you come home and then it's like, you still have that, like you, cause I'm sure you respect those, mm-hmm. those traditional values oh, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. We're a very traditional household in our home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we're very untraditional in the way that we build success in our family. Um, mm-hmm. You know, JC's put his career not on the back burner because he's grown in his career, but he's put his career maybe to the side while I get my designation and I work and I hustle. And that was like something that he did Mm -hmm. to support me. I think that we live in a very unique society where we have the ability to be hybrid. Like you can have traditional roles, you can have a traditional family, but that woman can still go out and kick butt. Well, I think it's, it's, it's like understanding that other people's opinion don't actually matter. And I think, I think on that subject, I think one of the big root causes is that that recognition people will die for that. Like that, that recognition, like they'll do anything for it. And it's like, I don't think that that's the best way to look at it. Like you're doing what you're doing because you want to do it and you enjoy doing it. Not because you have to, because you feel like you have to stand up for everyone else who is maybe a woman who is also yeah. working corporate or whatever, a different job, like you're doing it for you. And I think yeah. like it's, it's interesting because I think men have like, they're on the other side, like they're still involved in that problem too. And it's like, it's, it's instead of like pointing blame and saying like, we, there, there are those, you know, those facts, like that foundation of like, yeah, okay. In some, in, in, in lots of areas, there, there's a lot of truth to, mm-hmm. to some of those claims. Absolutely. Like I'm not denying that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, that 
in, in quotations, traditional, like if you're looking at like the, the financial wall street, you know, like 20 mm-hmm. years ago, like the, that, that's disgusting. Like, come on. Like that wasn't yeah. even, that shouldn't be where the standard is. That should yeah. not be. The bar it's, shouldn't be that low. <laughs> no, exactly. And I think, I think a lot of people like there's like, even now there's still a lot of those age people in leader, leadership positions mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, I, I'm not so much, like, I think that's part of the problem where like the, the false traditional value of men just do everything and women just stay home. It's like, mm-hmm. why? Like you know, who's, why can't you do both? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Go start a yeah. business, go do whatever you want. And just like, yeah. also like, and, and no hate, like if you, if you really love being a stay at home mom and, and, and being a white, like yeah. that, that, that is not even on the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, mm-hmm. like if, if that's what you're choosing to do, hands off to you. That is, that is, yeah. that is crazy. That is crazy. Like that's, that's just as much work as. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Cause, right. Yeah. And I think that we need to, to value that. And you had mentioned that, you know, um, people crave that um, reward like attention, right? So they, they want that recognition uh, and we, and in order to succeed, we have to stop thinking about that and just do what we do. And I'm going to bring it back to Mr. Max Verstappen, who's huge role model, especially, and it's funny that a man is a role model for a woman in business, but his <laughs> ruthlessness in how he does what he does, he doesn't care yeah. what other people say. He doesn't care about the recognition that Sky Sports is giving him. It's nothing to him. He goes, he races, and he delivers because that's what he wants to do. Yeah. So you have to go in every day, hype yourself up, especially as a woman, you're going to be like, I got this. Maybe feeling things today, but I got this. I'm going to go. I'm going to deliver. I'm going to do what I came here to do. I'm going to do my best at it. And then I'm going to have the rest of my day to be whoever I want to be outside of work, but in the 100%. office of you. And I think that that's why he's so successful. He doesn't care. Yeah. He's indifferent about the recognition. Um, he just does it because he loves it and he wants to do it. And, he it. and like, how do you, how do you encourage people to do that? Like, I think that's like, I've just, yeah, again, like I've had a blast watching Chelsea go from like having this idea of starting an online boutique and, and bringing it to fruition. Um, like it's, it's exciting and it's cool. And it's like, how do you, how do you inspire other people to do that? Where it's like, okay, what the place that you're in right now working for this one company, like it's established. You're not happy. You're not being yeah. fulfilled by it. Yeah. How like, and, and again, I don't like what, what other solutions are there? Is there only work for someone or work for yourself or like what, what else can, what can people do? Like, I think you have really good insight. I this. think people can do, I, I feel like we live in a world where there's more than one option. If like JC entrepreneurial spirit loves it. So, like mm-hmm. I love it to a certain extent, but I love the stability of my job and I love growing in my career. So I'm, we're very opposite when it comes to working, right? I think I should work for a company. He thinks he should run a company. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do it in any way, shape and form. And I think that success is really putting the pressure that society puts on you to be perfect and just throwing that out the window and doing what makes you happy. We're raised, especially in traditional cultures in Western society to go to work, get the money, buy the house, do this, retire, and then travel, then live your life. No, like live your life how you want, work overseas, write a book, do what you want to do, but do it authentically. And I think that if people continue to be their authentic selves and like how you're starting this, this amazing business, you're, you're preaching such positive things. That's 
you doing that authentically, you sharing that online, you being vocal about it will motivate somebody else to do what they want to do, to mm-hmm. start a podcast, to write a book, to read more. I think that when we live our lives authentically and we take what we want to do and we run with it, whether it's working for a company and then on the side writing a book or working or starting your own company or, or opening your own brokerage, if you do it with pure passion and you do it authentically, people are going to see that and that's going to motivate it. I think we're so worried about what everybody thinks of us. Absolutely. Yeah. We got to cut that out. (laughs) Yeah. Something that me and Chelsea talk about a lot too, is when, when we're talking about like our, demographics are who we wish our clients were who we're trying to sell to um people get stuck up on that a lot right like i think you you have to really trust that at the end of the day people are going to buy from you and people are going to do business with you because they like you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and not everyone is going to be your client and not everybody's gonna like you. No, and it, and it takes it, it does take some time <laughs> to to find your people, the people that you're called to serve. And I think that that is very it's hard because you don't get yeah. it right away. You don't. And like I think that that would just make me so happy of just you know if anyone's listening right now and they're they're on the fence about you know whether they should you know go start this side business or mm-hmm. go start this you know full time business to take that leap. Like do it. If that's what you want, do it and don't, don't cut your feet. Like don't, don't sell yourself short by, yeah. well, I think this is what I want. Don't do it. If it, if you're not all in and if you're not, if that's not what you want, yeah, don't do it. And if it is what you want, do, do it. it ruthlessly and authentically, authentically and with passion and drive and be well aware. I think the biggest thing that relates to success is self-awareness. Oh, absolutely. You couldn't, you you need to say that again. Like that's people that are not self-aware will never succeed the same way that people who are self-aware will. And those are the people that are giving you business advice and advice on how to steer your life, which is kind of, I think a big problem of women in business where they're like getting career advice from people who don't understand what they're saying yeah so how why yeah. how like how how are you supposed to be fulfilled from that yeah you, you're not it, it's you can tell when you're getting business advice and I'm very lucky I have some great role models in my life especially with business um you can tell when they mean it and they've been through it and they've survived it and you can tell when they haven't like mm-hmm. from the get-go yeah you just know like and it's so funny to see because I think we both worked for at the same time, a company that loved to preach it, but have never been through it. <laughs> and then you were, and then when you work for a company that preaches it because they've been through it and they've yeah. survived it, I, a lot of, and this is something that I find fascinating with my brokerage. A lot of people that are up at the top started at the bottom mm-hmm. and they've been through the trenches and they've talked to the clients and they've yelled at underwriters. Yeah. They've done that. Like they yeah. know it's, 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 you can tell. And I think that that's a success. And and if you're sitting there being preached to as a woman in business by someone that doesn't get it, it's okay to respectfully listen to it and then put it out the other ear and walk away and have a coffee with someone that gets it. Yeah. You're always going to face people that don't get it and you can't waste your energy telling them you don't get it because they're never going to get it. 
So you just have to take it with a grain of salt and then go to yeah. somebody that gets it. And I think I think that that that's speaking exactly that like those type of people who don't get it do not share your vision, do not share your goals, do not share your plan because it's it's only going to cause problems and you're only going to you're it, like it's it is a little bit deflating and you yeah. have to like inflate yourself back up after because it's like they just say stupid things. They just yeah. say dumb things. And it's like yeah. what what you just sip your tea and you just let it like there's because I spent so much time wasting energy with frustration. Mm-hmm. So you just have to walk away, reflate yourself, whether it's listening to a podcast, your podcast, talking to somebody that gets it. I have a playlist for every mood. So I'll listen to <laughs> I know, a playlist. I know you do. Like, I know you do. I know how much you love music. Up, you know, so and I think that that's important to to just be self-aware, be like, be and be confident in yourself. If something doesn't feel right, walk away. I walked away from a friendship of 16 years because things stopped feeling right. Yeah. Things started feeling toxic. I was more unhappy than ever. Yeah. And it was a hard thing to walk away from. But you got to trust that gut because that gut's there for a reason. You just got to walk away. If it's not feeling right, cut it. Cut so, it so Taylor Swift was number one. Was Max number two? It's tied. I just watched the Eras tour, so obviously Taylor. And, yeah, but in, in your in your your role models, was that was that the list? Um, or was Max there... is actually number one. Okay. Like I I really admire him. I think he's so misunderstood, and it's funny. Both of them, the thing they have in common is their reputation, mm-hmm. and I think that reputation is very, um, unique in the sense that everyone's gonna have like your reputation is not stagnant. People are going to think that you're a great person and think people are going to think that you're a horrible person. But as long as you take it with a grain of salt and do you, and th- both those people do them, Taylor maybe had to learn a little bit more. She hid away for a while, came back, thrived. Max, that's half the reason that he is one of the people I look up to the most is he just does him. He has mm-hmm. the worst reputation. He's the most misunderstood driver, I think, ever to exist. Um his reputation isn't good, but God, does he do what he does with passion and the people yeah. that get him, get him yeah. and support him. Yeah. There's going to be support no matter who you are and what you do. Um, you just have to remember that there's never in your life going to be one, like the world hating you at the same time. There's always going to be someone in your corner. Yeah. And I think we forget that. Um, let's, let's talk yeah. about someone else. I, okay. I'm, 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 my interest is peak too. <laughs> Okay. Kim K. Oh, okay. It's it's interesting. And mm-hmm. I think like, I'm I'm not even I mean, I've seen some of her her shows. Yeah. Most recently the new ones that she's been doing. Um and at first glance, when you look at her whole career from when it started, yeah. in a way that opportunity was like a silver platter, like how she blew up, you know, with yeah. OJ, everything else, how that, how she yeah. made a name. Um, but I think, I've, me, me and Chelsea have talked a lot about this and it, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's getting to that point where even if you aren't a fan, you cannot take any credit away from her. And I think the reason is because just because you get an opportunity doesn't mean that it's going to last. You can sabotage, you can tarnish, and you can ruin opportunity because you don't, you're, maybe you weren't ready for it, or maybe you just screwed up. 
And you just mm-hmm. didn't, it, it wasn't what you wanted. So for her having that name being presented and it's like, okay, well, what next? What product can I sell or what show can I do? Or what about this? Literally now, I think I just saw it. She, she's the official, um, her skims with her. She just launched a menswear and yes. apparently they're the official underwear of the NBA now or something. And, and, and she just, oh, she I just did her. a, uh, a collab with uh, uh, Savorsky crystal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, those, you, see, you know what I mean? You know what Gorgeous. I mean? So literally yeah. this woman, maybe, maybe, yeah, just how, how it happened. Yeah. It happened, but mm-hmm. what she's built with it now, where do you give the credit? Is is the credit all hers? I'm sure there's yeah. still some influence writing on the opportunity that was given to her from, you know, yeah. how she started, but I just, I think I, it's interesting. I think it's really interesting. I think she's proof that you can change. I think she's proof that growth is ever changing. Um, and I think she's proof as a, as, as a female I, or a woman, I can gladly say this. I think she's proof that women are multifaceted, that you can post a bikini pic on Instagram and then you can help get someone who's falsely imprisoned out of prison. Mm-hmm. You can do both. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that this, you know, how she got famous will always be contributing. I do agree with that. But I think what she's done to grow and what she's done to change and how she, she's just proven that you can start with maybe not the best reputation and build into this empire. I, guess, of, I think of, that is true. Of, <laughs> like now her reputation is she is dealing with prison reform and she is an amazing businesswoman and she's worked with Forbes and she's spoken at Harvard. Um, it's ever changing. I admire her. I used to not be a Kim K girly. I, I was also. We probably talked about her back in when we were starting out. I'm sure yeah. we probably did, and, and we we had similar opinions. I think, but yeah, just just recently, it's it's like, I just I don't know. I feel like just because you have an opportunity, like a breakthrough, every like I don't think you can. I don't think you can discredit even that opportunity because. If, if you really are wanting something and you're looking for it, that opportunity will come. Opportunities look different. There's yeah. op, there's not a, an opportunity that's the exact same. Yeah. it's it, That doesn't exist. So how can you say one opportunity is necessarily better than the other? Mm-hmm. It, it all it, It's just what you do with it. You can take the smallest opportunity and turn it into the biggest one. And you can take the biggest opportunity. And it's like, well, this yeah. actually, you know, back to square one. Yeah. Like it happens, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Life throws curveballs all the time. You just I mean, gotta roll with the punches. I think and, it's sim- and it's what you make of it. Yeah, and I think it's it's similar to Taylor too. And like, I honestly still, I'm I'm not. I don't think <laughs> I'm not a Taylor fan. Like, uh, it'll change. Jason, no, I don't know. Yeah, I just, he I think, sings. He does everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think just I think I'm not a fan of her music mm-hmm. in general. It's not that it's bad. It's just, I mean, not your vibe. And it's tough because I mean I I don't know all of the details about her, um her masters and with Scooter and everything. I don't know all you... the details, but re-releasing her albums. Oh, on one hand, I'm like, girl, this is annoying. You already did this, and now you're doing it again. <laughs> but then at the same time, too, it's like, dude, you're reaping the rewards like twice over. Like you're going go, you're passing go twice in like you're a genius. She, you want to talk about women in power. That is, it's a, the, the masters is interesting and 
the biggest thing is that she had no rights to her songs. She lost those rights and he sold them to somebody that she said over and over. She was, if anything, just don't, not him, not him. Like respect what I've given. Was he the one that bought them or did Scooter sell them? Scooter sold them to somebody that she was like anybody, but basically. And she's like, look, respect the work I've done, respect what we've done together. Just don't do that. And he did it. So she said, I'm going to take back the power. I'm going to have all the rights to my music. How is that, gonna... that not copyright, though? I, th- I had that thought. I was like, okay, so you're re-releasing them in her own. So now she's getting the rights to these new songs. But like, how is that not copyright? Because the people that own the original masters are like, hey, um, this sounds a lot like this one that we own. But it's her version. It, it, it's as simple as that. It's so it's almost like a cover? As... Like she's co- doing a cover? A cover. And then she has her fan base support only her version and not only that <laughs> See, but she you can't, her... you can't get mad at that to be honest you like give, and that she she forced this opportunity yeah she made the opportunity and then she went and did the eras tour and she said instead of calling it the 1989 or the evermore or whatever tour it is i'm gonna give my fans a little bit of everything i'm gonna yeah. take those songs that my fans listened to when they were 13 years old and they were thinking about the boy in high school and now they're listening to them as they're married. And that yeah. boy in high school is their husband. And that's yeah. bringing back the nostalgia. She was smart. She said, you know, you can make this money, but you're not going to make a penny off of everything that I don't own. That's not fair. I'm going to yeah. write it. I'm going to own it. This is my creative thoughts, my creative freedom. I think I think what's cool about that, though, too, and I think it's, it's, it's increasing awareness now um, between record labels and people who own masters and independent artists. I am huge in supporting independent artists, 100%. And and there's so many people now that have proven that you don't need a record label to be successful in the music industry. Mm -hmm. You don't. You need need passion, talent, and drive. That's all you need That's it, that's it, that's it. And I think like it's, I think really Taylor, like I think that kind of sums up a lot about what we were talking to about like, you know, the traditional old school of like, you know, men in power when maybe they, they shouldn't have been. Maybe they should have, oh. maybe they should have whatever it is, but it's again, like people holding rights to other people's work mm-hmm. is just, right? it's unfortunate. And then her being a woman as well, like what other issues come across that too, where it's like, oh, well, yeah. you know, it's mine. I own it. Yeah. And like, you know, I, we always talk about men in power. It's so funny. I was telling my friend and this may be controversial. I was telling my friend this morning, I said, yeah, you can tell a man or a bunch of men on the F1 Vegas Grand Prix. Because they didn't think about anything. They didn't even think about the weather. And if you put a diverse team planning that, you're going to have someone that goes, oh, what about the weather? What about the bridges? What about this? If you put somebody that has the same mindset and the same goals and is very stagnant, it's not going to work out. Diversity and being able to really take advantage of everybody's skill set, it's just better for the world. Yeah. And I think kind of in in closing that... uh conversation i it's i i feel like in in a weird position too because in in the sense that women can do both they can be traditional and they can still be business owners they can be corporate they can work a job and that's still fine and it's i find like men also have a similar um juxtaposed if that's the word juxtaposition um a similar where they can be traditional but they yeah. can also still support, right? And I think that's that's where it gets tough. Where it's like if if it's okay to support women doing both, 
We need it's, to it's, support it's, them. I then. feel like there, there's a problem and there's a disconnect where it's like, it's now wrong to be able to support the other. Like if, if I'm mm-hmm. proud to be a traditional husband and, and I'm, you know, in business yeah. doing this. And so me coming home, you know, all these other things like to a point, but I still understand and support my wife who's doing similar things. And I don't yeah. think that like, I don't think that that's a problem either. Like I can yeah. be, I'm, t- I love the, the traditional, you know, yeah. men roles where, you know, if someone comes into the house, I'm not going to send my wife to go check, you know, who's burglaring our house. Of course no. it's going to be me. And I don't it's think that that's, you. I don't think I that would that's be a problem. sending you, you know, you know like, just, I think, yeah. Yeah. And I think that like, that's, that's, it's, it's, that's tough because having those conversations that they usually get end really, really quick yeah. because they get shot down because it's like, Oh, you know, it sounds like you're listening to a lot of Andrew Tate. Oh, <laughs> you God. know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I no, absolutely. It's tough because even, even if you, if, 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 if I even was talking about, well, you know, I think there's some, he does talk about some good things. It's like, you're the worst type of person. Like we're Horrible just going to, I'm not your friend anymore. Like, it's like so yeah. quick to yeah. just be like, to, to support traditional values. We're so quick to diminish other people's lives. Let live and let live. In general. I think that, I think that's, that's a good point. I think that's like, a really good takeaway from it where it's like the men and women have different struggles and yeah, it's not a perfect it's not a perfect yeah. environment in whether, whether you're, you own yeah. your own business and you're fighting other men who are or your competitors or you're yeah. fighting for space at the big table in, in your corporate job. Like it's, it's no yeah. different. And it's yeah. like, it, I think you said it, it sums it up really well. It's like, people just love to diminish other people and it's, it's yeah. quick. Like, I think that's one of the, the quick things to go, Oh, well, you're a woman. Oh, well, you're a man. And you like Andrew Tate. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Like, oh, just like let people exist. It's so funny. We get that a lot. Like obviously we're a conservative family and like, you know, my husband, a lot of people, when they find out he's conservative, they're like, no, you can't be. And it's like, let him have his life. <laughs> let him be conservative. There's no problem with yeah. it. Let us, let me be a woman at the table. Let my husband cook dinner every once in a while. Let me, you know, make the bed and do the laundry. If mm-hmm. it makes my life happy, that's the, that's the way it's the number one thing I think in life and the rule that I try my best to live by. And I don't think we're all perfect at living by my team's so diverse. So we've got moms, we've got single girls, we've got married couples, traditional, non-traditional. If, if Becky wants to be a wife and a mom, let her be a wife and a mom. There's a space for that in this world. If John wants to be a traditional husband and work in construction and come home to a dinner every night, let him, does it affect you? No, so unless it affects you, mm-hmm. let him be. Let him be. Let, him let be. it go. The wise, yes. the wise words of Elsa. <laughs> oh, let it go. Cut it out. Like, you know. Yeah. Let people be who they want to be, and and unless it's directly affecting you, it's not worth it. It's yeah. not with anybody's energy. The the last question that I always ask everyone on the podcast Ooh. is about attitude. Ah, so question for you then, how important is it from, from all the themes and things that we've talked about, how important is attitude? The most, I think the attitude that you hold every day depicts what happens in your life. If you wake up with a positive attitude, even on a bad day, your day is going to go a lot better than it would if you woke up with a bad attitude. Um, attitude influences everything. Your vibe attracts your tribe. So your attitude attracts your tribe. Your attitude affects your work. Your attitude affects your relationships, your marriage, 
all of that is, is key. If you just have that negative attitude, it's okay to be sad or angry or mad or frustrated, but if you're purposely have a negative attitude and a very pessimistic attitude, life's never going to go your way because you're not going to let it. You're, if you have a positive attitude, even in bad situations, life will maybe not go your way all the time, but it's going to go your way because you're going to find that silver lining with your positivity. So I think attitude is a driving force in success and growth and awareness and just overall living. Like why be negative? It, you have your moments, but attitude is what drives success and happiness and joy. And it's a lot easier to be positive. Actually, that's not true. It's a lot easier to be negative. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot harder to be positive, but the rewards are going to be greater if you push through it. Yeah. That is amazing. Well, Kaylee, I I appreciate all of your thoughts. I really appreciate you uh, and your time uh, chatting. Uh, I think we we talked about a lot of cool things that I think that I think a lot of people will find very valuable. Yeah, I thank you for considering. This was an honor. I couldn't even imagine being a guest. So thank you. Of it's course. been fun. And yeah, hopefully I'll have you on my podcast in the new year. Oh, we'll I'm so excited. That'd be amazing. Well, I'll, well, hundred <laughs> percent. Well, we can do a whole recap. Yeah. Because the F1 season that, and that's, that's if, that's if it finished, if there's another race after Vegas, so we'll to be determined, but <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I really appreciate you and uh, I'm excited to chat some more. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Keystone Collective Podcast. We hope you've been inspired, learned something new, and discovered ways to elevate your life. Remember to subscribe and share the podcast. Our journey is just the beginning, and I can't wait to bring you more transformative content. Until next time, remember, every episode is a stepping stone forward to a better you. Stay strong, stay curious, and remember, it's a great day for a great day.